Mamas on a Mission is a podcast bringing you bold and ambitious women. Grab a coffee and let's meet Melbourne mamas who are showing the world and their kids that the mission is possible. I'm your host, Holly, the Chief Mama of Motherhood Melbourne. Hey, Mama, welcome back. Thanks for choosing to spend time with me and today's incredible guest. Before I introduce them, though, I'd love to tell you a little bit about myself and Motherhood Melbourne. As the fancy intro says, I'm Holly, lover of chocolate, creamy blue cheese, and long runs at the end of a day of mummying. I'm often followed around by my pug, Mr. Giuseppe, and my two little boys that don't stop eating. I started Motherhood Melbourne because I longed for that good old-fashioned village that everyone says you need to raise a kid or two, only I kind of call it a hood because it sounds a bit cooler. So if you're a Melbourne mum and you're looking for connection and support, you'll find it here. Join the hood at Motherhood Melbourne and I'll send you goodies to help you with the mama gig. It's free to join and it's specifically for Melbourne mums. And speaking of support, I'm thrilled to bring you today's guest. Rebecca Hawker, a nutritionist and wellness coach who believes in nourishing mums from the inside out. Being a mum is hard work, we know, and often we leave little time for ourselves. Beck, as she's lovingly known as, helps mums just like you and I to prioritise ourselves. Beck is on a mission to support mums to achieve their health and wellness goals and to also build resilience and create personal boundaries around motherhood. Today, Beck will be sharing her own experience of motherhood and how that inspired her mission. She'll be giving practical tips for wellness and chatting about a topic that she's really passionate about, postpartum depletion. Let's meet Beck. Hi, Beck. Hello. Hello. I am thrilled to speak with you today. Thank you. So am I. Well, I need to start off with five quick questions that I ask all Melbourne mums. But before I even ask that, where are you from? (laughs) Oh, yes. Well, I am a little bit away from Melbourne. (laughs) I'm from Bendigo in central Victoria. Oh, awesome. That's okay. I won't hold it against you. (laughs) (laughs) We do get called uh, country folk, even though we're only about an hour and a half away. (laughs) Oh, that's right. And are you referred to as the go? Is that the lingo? It is. It is very much the lingo. Yes, I I am a girl from the go. (laughs) A girl from the go. Awesome. So what is your coffee order? Ooh, I love this. I'm a medium cap with one sugar. Ah, nice. Uh, You know what? I actually thought you were were going to say tea for some reason. Actually, I lie. I am (gasps) not a medium cap one sugar. I am a medium cap no sugar. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You've changed. Oh my gosh. No, it is. Yes. Just a fat cap, no sugar. (laughs) So so have you just dropped the sugar recently? No, it's not even recently. Look, I get confused because I do get coffee for my friends. I have another friend Uh, who is exactly the same, but just with one sugar. uh, And I've I've never been a sugar person. (laughs) Ah, Awesome. And where are you drinking this cap with no sugar? What's your favorite cafe? Ooh, my favorite cafe is Hustle Coffee Bendigo. And the reason it's my favorite cafe is because one of my oldest friends has just opened it. So it's a trendy little coffee nook. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And they sell the most delicious scrolls. So you kind of get a coffee at the scroll. <laughs> oh, delicious. <laughs> and what about your fav- from, 
family-friendly place? Do you have one that's out in Bendigo or do you come into Melbourne with the fam? Well, I actually have a really awesome little place that we go to in Castle, Maine. So we can kind of go the back way from where we live here in Bendigo. So it only takes us like 15 minutes to get there. So it's the beautiful botanical gardens in Castle, Maine, and they usually have a coffee van there as well. So you can kind of take the boys there, get your coffee, And yeah, the boys just love the gardens. It's just a really beautiful place to visit. Great um, playground and they can just kind of run wild. Oh, that sounds really beautiful. I need to look that up then. Yeah, no, it's lovely. Yeah. Oh, and what about your current binge? What are you watching, listening to or reading? Right now I have two current binges. Mm -hmm. One of them I am not very proud of. (laughs) So I'm I'm really digging um, the book Winging It by Emma Isaacs. Oh, so yeah. I yeah I got that one and literally I have just been binging on it for the last four days straight. <laughs> and my other binge is really terrible. It's reality TV Love Island. I just can't get enough of Love Island, whether it's the UK <laughs> one <laughs> or the Australian one. <laughs> is that even still on? Did that like? <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's there's a, a a UK version on right now, but my okay. husband and I are just like we put the kids to bed and then we get get on the couch and we're like, let's watch another episode of Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that's great that he's watching that with you. I'm obsessed with reality TV, but I have to say, I didn't really get into Love Island. <laughs> but I, but Look, I don't. You're not missing out on much. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. It's nice to have a little like guilty pleasure and just escape and laugh. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) Awesome. And what about your simple self-care ritual? Oh, I love this. Um, My simple self-care ritual would have to be diaphragmatic breathing or deep breathing. So this is something that I guess I've learned to manage my anxiety, but now it's become habit for me. So I do that every day. I always take some time just to, whether it's in the car and I'm driving, Mm. um, yeah, or sitting at the desk at work or even with the boys. And I find that it just helps to um, quickly centre me and it's something I can do, you know, in just five minutes. And so what do you, could you just go into a little bit, how do you do it? So it's literally just deep breathing. So okay. I just sit there and take, you know, three or four really deep breaths, hold it, and then the breathe out is always longer than the breathe in. Okay. Um, and, yeah, just three or four of those at any time of the day. Um, it, essentially it's just breathing properly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to yeah. like do it consciously. Okay. Um, and how yes. employees, do they start, have they started doing it? Like they've seen you, you do it. Yeah. The deep breathing. Oh yeah. my gosh. The funny thing is that my youngest who is two, mm. um, last week he had an epic tantrum and meltdown and my eldest who's three and a half, he said to me, Oh mommy, what is wrong with him? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not really sure. He's just having a meltdown at the moment. And he's like, Oh, but I'm not crying. I'm a good boy. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you are. You're a good boy. I'm like, he just doesn't know how to calm himself down yet. But you know how to calm yourself down, don't you? And he just looks at me and he goes, yes, mummy, because I do this. And he just proceeds to breathe in and breathe out. I'm like, oh, my God, it's working. Oh, my God. That is so cute. I love it. Yeah. I'm 
like, oh, that's great. Here I am. I'm just doing it to survive the two kids. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I've, I've, I do it sometimes like in front of my little one. Um, oh, actually, he's my big one. And he, yeah. sometimes it actually makes him mad. He's like, stop doing that. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> It's the only way to come down. Yeah, yeah. So I can't wait until he sort of like starts to regulate his emotions like that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, that's really awesome. But thank you so much for sharing that. I'd love to get into the good stuff and I really want to hear about your mission and everything. Sure. Awesome. Okay, so could we start off with you um, talking about what your early experience of motherhood was like and how did that lead you to become a nutritionist and a wellness coach? Yeah, sure. Um, I think my early experience or my experience with early motherhood, I best describe it as a collision. (laughs) It was seriously just me crashing into motherhood. And I actually blogged about my experience, um, which just gave me such a great relief to get it out, I suppose. Um, And early motherhood for me was just full of so much physical and emotional pain that I just tried to push through thinking that, you know, this is kind of normal or I'm just being a little bit weak and I need to just get on with it. Um, But in reality, I had two babies in two years and I was diagnosed with postnatal depression. So it early child or early motherhood for me was just something that wasn't the kind of um, textbook experience that I thought I was going to have and that everyone seemed to be having around me or displaying on their socials anyway. Um, so yeah, for, for me, I'm someone that has always been a very calm, centered, um, and driven person. So this was just such a huge shock to me. At the time with my first pregnancy, I was working full time. Um, and I was studying post grad, um, in human nutrition whilst I was pregnant. Um, so I was always going to do, um, further study to become a nutritionist. Um, I had the plan that I was going to work in public health nutrition because I was working in local government at the time. Um, but after my, I guess my experience with, with both of those babies and having postnatal depression, um, my recovery through that process, I was quite lucky enough, I suppose, to have this education on, nutrition and how how our food can really affect our mood as well um so I kind of used myself as a little bit of a guinea pig I suppose in terms of using what I was learning through university and nutrition and just applying it to my own life um and it just kind of evolved from there my husband really encouraged me to um start blogging about my experience with postnatal depression And I kind of thought, oh, I don't know if anyone's really going to be interested in this or listen to that. Um, But I got so much, um, I guess, positivity from people around me that just kind of opened up to me and um, let me know that they were feeling the same or that they had had similar experiences. Um, And it just naturally evolved from there. I started to study life coaching while I was um, in recovery myself. So I myself was seeing a counsellor and psychologist. I had a team of people around me to help get me through this. And it just opened up a whole um, new world for me. So I often say to people that even though I've had this um, experience of postnatal depression and it may not have been um, 
as severe as others, or it may have even been more severe as others. It was my unique experience, but it's actually been my greatest gift because it's led me to um, want to help other mums even more through nutrition and coaching. Wow, Beck. Um, I love how you, you described it as a collision uh, into motherhood. <laughs> I, I often actually say I was catapulted into motherhood. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So I think we share um, a really similar experience and it's so right. I, I really advocate that honesty is the best policy when it comes to motherhood because it's the best way to set realistic expectations for mums to be Um, because I just felt when I became a mum, I felt really lied to. Like I I was like, what is everyone talking about? What are these like, you know, these ads with, um, you know, the clouds parting and all the music and I was like, where where is that? Where is that happening? And why are there all these pretty pictures on Instagram and and how are they you know not having yeah I was just really really confused overwhelmed and I was quite angry about it yes I think you've hit the nail on the head it's confusion and anger because you have this um this notion that it's you know they talk about the bond the mother children bond that you're going Mm. to experience and you're going to have and I just kind of felt ripped off because I didn't have that bond straight away it took months Mm -hmm. um and yeah, you see all of the um, the the kind of beautiful images and stories across social media and splashed throughout magazines, and you think that's what you are definitely going to experience. And then when you experience anything other than that, mm-hmm. it comes as a huge shock. Absolutely, and I, I often say to people. You know how they say, oh, the moment you see your child, you just fall in love. And for me, the first time that just really didn't happen and I felt really guilty about it because I was like, I just don't actually feel a bond. I feel like I'm holding a stranger in my arms. Um, I felt more of a bond when he was in my belly than I did when he actually came out. And it took me a while for us to get to know each other. And I felt the same from him. I felt that he wasn't really... Uh, bonding with me and he wasn't smiling a lot whereas with my second child he just I don't know I felt like he loved me instantly and I kind of loved him instantly but then I felt guilty because I was like why am I having this great experience with my second and I didn't have it with my first will he know this as an adult I don't know (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) and it's so many different emotions to navigate like you're you're navigating just having a brand new baby there's all of these hormones going everywhere and then you've also got all of the guilt of what you should be feeling like it's just a minefield of trying to navigate all of these emotions yes and then you're just trying to learn all the actual logistics of looking after a child while you're doing (laughs) that so it's very difficult um but thank you for sharing like how this led to it I know obviously it was a difficult experience but as you said something positive really came out of it at the end Um, but I'd love for you to share what are the ways so in your role as a nutritionist and a wellness coach how are you helping mums with their wellness and what's your mission what are you really excited about in helping them with oh what am I excited about I think my mission is just keeping it simple and it's just to make prioritizing our health normal. So, you know, it's so easy, I guess, for for women in general, but even more so for mums to actually prioritize ourselves and understand when we need to be taking our health more seriously. 
Um, so for me, it's just to help mums shed the guilt and put themselves first. And I really, I do this through um, a number of ways. So I do this through nutrition consultations. So where we can just focus on um, getting to the core of what their, their issues are with, with nutrition and diet. Um, and also through wellness coaching. So we really get to the core of the issues um, holistically. So we look at kind of my four pillars of health, which is your nutrition, um, mindset, which encompasses stress management, um, emotional well-being, and exercise. So I kind of take all of that into consideration and we, we look at all of that and then develop an, a strategy to move forward for, for mums to achieve their wellness goals. And are you working with clients so it's one-on-one? Yeah, one-on-one at the moment um, that I do either in person if they're local here in Bendigo, um, mm-hmm. but I have so many clients that um, from all over Australia. So I've got clients in Queensland, I've got clients in Sydney, um, yeah, in New South and, um, and in Melbourne. So I can do that via Skype and via Zoom and it just makes it easier to um, to do that in the comfort of their own home as well. So they feel more comfortable about um, kind of diving into some of the, the heavy questions. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And what are some of the common themes that you're finding your clients are experiencing? And can you provide some practical tips to overcome these? Yeah, that's an interesting question because I've just really been um, identifying recently what these common issues are. And it seems to be that 2018 for me has common issues of boundaries. So most mums that I serve also run their own business, um, which is interesting because this is not something that I um, you know, advertise that I only work with mums in business, but mums that are in business seem to be drawn to me, So, which is great because I, I love that. Um, so I see so many women struggling to establish personal boundaries confidently. So they're struggling with the role of, um, you know, being a mom and being home and also managing their workload, whether it's their career or their business. So, you know, they're just, they're tired and they're stressed and they're often having trouble with hormonal health, which can also lead to emotional eating. So it's just this cycle And I find that by working on their ability to establish personal boundaries, they're able to feel more confident within themselves in order to say no and to start putting themselves first. And then that really sets the foundation for them to then be able to focus on what it is that they need to focus on in order to get their health in check, whether that's nutrition um, or whether it's physical exercise. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's really interesting that you attract a lot of women in business, but I guess a lot of mums become women in business because workplaces aren't as flexible as we'd like them to be. Exactly. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. And I want to talk about a real hot topic. So we live in a world where busy is a hot word. Um, Everybody's busy. Every time you ask someone how they are, they're like, I'm busy. And it's a bit of, it's become a bit of a competition. Um, what are you seeing are the effects of this and can we break the busy cycle? Oh, this is such an interesting topic. Um, a, a very, um, I guess, influential nutritionist that I follow, uh, Michelle Chevalier-Hedge, has just been talking about this wide but tired um, phenomenon, I suppose, that is quite unique to women in general but more so for mums. And when our hormones are 
are still trying to even out when our hormone, particularly after having um, children, so young children, we're still trying to um, balance out our hormones. And this can lead to that um, feeling of we always have to be rushed. We have to constantly be, you know, going from one task to another. We're so busy. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. It's almost an innate response um, for us as women and particularly more so when our hormones are out of check. But I think you're right that it has become almost a badge of honour that we wear as, you know, saying that we're just, we're so busy and um, I'm more tired than you or you're, um, I'm, yeah, like just this, this Western society, I suppose, of um, flat out mums and that, that kind of hustle. I, I have a love hate relationship with that word. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, feeling like we need to hustle to to get the work done, but at the same time, um, we we feel so much guilt about slowing down and and just stopping and taking that time for ourselves. Because if we're stopping, we're, that means we're not working, and if we're not working, then um, what are we doing? So I think it's it's kind of a um, multifaceted approach. I think to to that unique issue, but. For, for my perspective, I tend to focus on um, the hormonal side of things because it does mm-hmm. tend to be a, a side effect of that. And do you find, obviously, that's quite intertwined with boundaries as well, that perhaps we're saying yes to a lot of things and taking on a lot of tasks that we really don't have time for? Absolutely. And this is something I touch on a lot with um, my coaching clients is, definitely around our personality types and how we, um, I guess, how we manage our self-confidence and our self-esteem. And our self-esteem is tied so closely to our, um, you know, obviously that reflects what we think of ourselves and how we feel about ourselves. And if we are taking on so much but we can't fulfil those um, those tasks or, you know, meeting so many friends for coffee or caring for our family, making sure we're seeing our family, um, taking on more work and we can't say no and we feel like we're letting people down, then we're getting into this constant cycle of, well, then I'm, I'm failing, I'm letting the people around me down, I'm, I don't feel good about myself. Um, so our self-esteem gets shot. So because our self-esteem gets shot, we, fit, we overcompensate by trying to take on more. <laughs> so we yeah. kind of get stuck in this cycle um, which ultimately has an effect on our emotional well-being. Um, and I see that link in particularly with mums that we we can get into a cycle of emotional eating. So we try and fill that void with food and, mm. yeah, we can really get stuck in a cycle of, um, you know, taking on too much, which can then have this trickle-down effect to our emotional well-being and our physical and mental health. You've talked a lot about um, hormonal balance and I know this is a topic that you're really, really passionate about, so gut health and hormonal balance and in particular mums with postpartum depletion. Can you explain really what that is and how this affects our emotional well-being? Yeah, definitely. So postpartum depletion um, is, is this topic, I suppose, that we're hearing a lot about now. Um, and it's really just looking at all of the um, aspects of women's health and bringing it back to the fact that after children, 
um, our hormones obviously are completely out of whack and it just takes time after having children for our hormones to settle back down. Um, the more children we have, the longer it can take for our bodies to recover and for our hormonal systems to recover. Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't take the time to, I guess, acknowledge that and um, nourish ourselves properly, we see that our hormonal health can um, can get out of whack and it stays out of whack and then it filters out through other aspects of our life. So we feel tired all the time, we feel overwhelmed all the time, we feel stressed, we, um, we don't obviously prioritise ourselves, we don't give ourselves, um, uh, I guess, that time to fully nourish ourselves and replenish ourselves that we just go through this cycle of always feeling um, like we need to be rushing around but yet we're so tired so it's this concept that um, you know particularly for mums that may have struggled um, with any kind of postpartum hemorrhaging or um, severe blood loss as well after having children if they're not properly replenishing replenishing themselves afterwards or taking um, care of themselves afterwards. If they're breastfeeding as well, then they're completely getting depleted after childhood, after birth, I should say. Um, and our bodies are just constantly being taken. So we're getting so much um, nutrients just taken from ourselves, but we're not replenishing what's being taken. Okay. And so what, what can someone do what what do you sort of recommend as some of the tips or um I guess how to restore it is that the right yeah word? definitely yeah I think um post postpartum depletion is is probably something that you um would talk to your GP about but because it's something that is um probably more so recognized within the integrative um approach to to medicine so it it may not be something that um gps would generally look at as something to actually diagnose it would be you know they might look at your bloods and and look at your hormones as well but not necessarily taking that holistic approach to it so from my my perspective i try to take a um i guess a holistic approach by looking at your entire um lifestyle Mm-hmm. And, and the things that are important to you. So we look at your, um, your diet and your nutrition as first and foremost. And I always start with, um, working on ways that you can eat to support your hormonal, your hormonal system and your gut health, because our gut is our second brain. So, so what we're eating gets metabolized in, in our gut, obviously, and then it gets, um, broken down into the building blocks that then get transferred to the rest of our body that needs it. And our hormonal system is, I guess, like the control center of our body. So our hormonal system is what is sending the, the signals to our body to do the things that it needs it to do. So, um, my approach is, is just first and foremost to assess hormonal health and gut health and really just formulate a plan from there. So starting to, um, to focus on ways that you can, um, improve your gut health and support it is going to set a really good foundation for, for everything else. If our gut is healthy, then we feel healthy. We feel more vibrant and more energy to do things and to tackle um, some of those stressful situations with ease. Um, mm-hmm. So I always recommend, um, yeah, definitely trying to incorporate uh, more ways that you can slow down and manage stress. So mindfulness is always something that I recommend for clients to start incorporating into their day. 
once they can get a handle on um, what works for them in terms of mindfulness, and that could just be something as simple as um, the, the deep breathing. It could be finding some time to meditate. It could be finding some time to um, to journal if if writing or getting processing your emotions by getting it out on paper helps you um, to deal with the stresses of the day, then, then that's great. Then you're in much, a much better mindset to then tackle um, your, your nutrition. So you're going to make better food choices if you're um, feeling calmer, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then we'll set a, um, I guess, a, a program for ways that you can eat to support your gut health. And that can really just be as simple as um, trying a food diary as well. So working out what foods you find cause certain symptoms to yourself, um, the way foods are making you feel when you're eating them um, and eliminating foods perhaps that are making you feel um, like you have some digestive issues. So it might be bloating, um, it might be gas, it might be lethargy. Um, any of those types of things, but definitely just starting small and taking an approach to just eat foods that um, make your tummy happy, I suppose. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I guess that's quite an interesting relationship women have with food anyway, but it does change a lot when you become a mum. It really does. It's just about getting what you can when you're yeah. a mum. It's whatever you can eat with one hand. <laughs> Yes, especially in those early days uh, when I had my first child. And even though I know he slept a lot, but he, I don't know, I just felt like sometimes it would get to two o'clock and I still hadn't had breakfast or lunch. Um, And I was just grabbing what I could, which was usually like, you know, peanut M&Ms or something that you could just grab with one hand. But then I wasn't feeling good uh, and feeling really run down. And I was like, no, this needs to stop. I need to have breakfast. But how am I going to fit this in with, you know, everything that I'm doing? Um, And I often joke to my friends that they needed to invent waterproof food so that you could eat when you had a shower, because sometimes I had to make that decision between having a shower and having food. But I think like one of the lessons that I learned from that was when my friends had a baby, when I went to visit, I would hold the baby and shove food in their face, uh, like not the baby's face, yes. the face uh, <laughs> say, like you need to eat. Like, I don't care what you eat right now, but just eat something. I'm going to hold your child. And yeah. And just because I would have loved for someone to say that to me because I needed to hear it. Absolutely. And you're so right with that decision of do I eat or do I shower? Do I eat or do I do another load of washing? Do I eat or do I send off this email? And it's always that constant tug between, um, yeah, I, you know, pulling yourself and usually always the, the most important and basic necessities for survival. I know. <laughs> thrown out the window. Yeah. And we can't see really it though in that moment because we're so, <laughs> we're so depleted. Exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, and it's, it is, it's a struggle to find ways to um, learn to nourish yourself Mm. properly early on. And I think that, you know, you're right in saying that when you have um, a friend or a family member that has just had a baby, that that is honestly the best thing you can do is just to arrive with food. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. And even just to let that person have a hot meal, 
Um, I remember like my, my mum and my husband were quite good at, you know, perhaps holding the baby when we because of course that's when they wake up and they want to be fed is when you're about to have dinner or any type of meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were good at, you know, like once they were finished, they could take over with, um, burping or whatever. And, but I found that other people around me weren't so observant of that and I remember it took about six months in until someone we were at a restaurant and our meals had all arrived and I was feeding and then once they'd finished they're like would you like me to hold your baby and I was like oh yes I'd really like to eat this burger while it's hot yes exactly Um, but you know yeah no it's true I one of my close friends actually um we had our or I had my second baby and she had her first baby within two days of each other And a few months later, I got a text message from her saying, I am so sorry for how bad of a friend I was when you had your first baby. (laughs) She's like, I should have been over the first week with food, making you eat, but I wasn't. (laughs) Well, you don't know. You you only realize once you're sort of in that position. So you can't really hold it against them. No, absolutely. Yeah. Once you do know, though, you're like, yep, you just bring food over. That's the most important thing. They don't care if you haven't gone out and bought the baby a present or anything. They just want company and food. <laughs> exactly right. Company and food. And I yeah. made an effort with my second child as well to stock up on freezer um, meals that mm. I could do. Um, so I was just cooking up batches of meals or any meal that I was making for a night, I would just make double so that I could put it in the freezer. I even went out and bought a chest freezer or a deep freezer. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I went out and bought one of those chest freezers so that I could have it in the garage. And yeah. um, when people would say, you know, what would, how can I help? Or what would you like? What does the baby want? I, I would say that to them. I'd say, don't get us anything. Just make a meal so I can put it in the chest freezer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I, I enlisted my mom and my mom <laughs> And we had all these meals. And even um, after the baby was born, I had made the decision to go with a delivery, a meal delivery service, one of those, um, yes. you know, so many different options out there. And for probably the first three or four months, we were just living off um, whatever was in the freezer and those delivered meal services as well, because otherwise I just wouldn't have been able to eat properly. Yes, yes. And prepare something that you know that you, you know, is going to um, help you get through the day <laughs> rather than something Definitely. Just, just that quick fix of energy. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, when I talk about understanding, uh, you know, what your body needs and when you should be eating, that was a really big um, eye-opening moment for myself when I was able to understand when I most prefer to eat. So, yeah. So for me, it's not necessarily about having a big dinner. My lunchtime is my one meal that I have to make sure is um, a big meal and is a nourishing meal mm-hmm. because that's the one that I know I can get into me, particularly in my current um, life situation. You know, my children aren't young babies anymore and I work from home so I can invest the time into making a big dinner so then I don't feel as, um, I guess, like I don't have to invest into having a big um, dinner, dinner time, and we can just do sort of small, um, easier dinners that involve the kids because we kind of sit down at 5.30 and eat because we want to make yeah. sure that it, um, you know, it's like a family experience and obviously the kids are so hungry and famished at that time. <laughs> and I don't have time to do a, a big um, 
sit down dinner at that time anyway when it's you know feeding time at the zoo <laughs> yeah absolutely oh I love yeah. I love sitting down as a family like I think that's really um something that I really loved about having children because I think before that we used to sit on the couch or you know we just ate at different times because we were home at different times but there's something really nice about spending time together at the end of the day Absolutely. It's such a great way to, um, you know, kind of instill those values with your kids as well. It, it promotes emotional well-being for them. But mm. at the same time, it's showing them um, that the food choices that we are or the food options that we're giving them are also the same food options that you're getting. So yes. it's just encouraging them to have healthy food choices from the start. So yeah. it's it's a win-win. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I wanted to ask, are you working, are you finding that you're working with a lot of first-time mums or are you working with mums that are having their second, third, fifth, whatever? Uh, what's yeah. Like, yeah. Are you finding that there's a bit of a common um, thing among the mums that are really drawn to your services? Yeah, there's definitely a mix. So okay. I do get, a, yeah, I get a fair few women that have um, just had their their first child mm. um but I also get probably the same amount of mums that are you know well-seasoned mums but it's generally um it's generally very young children um yes. that they're that they're kind of juggling um or it'll be mums that um are kind of preparing for their second or third child and they kind of know what to expect but they want to make sure that they're um they're kind of ready and prepared <laughs> Yes. No, that's really good to hear Um, because I I remember being that first time mum and really finding it hard to one, admit that you need help and then to actually ask for it and do something. Absolutely. And I think it's really, you know, it's one thing to know what you should be eating Mm. as a new as a new mum and you you know that you should be um you know nourishing yourself properly and that you should be eating this and you should be eating that but once you become a mum <laughs> you know that's actually not quite so simple so I definitely do work with mums to um help prepare I suppose a strategy for how they're going to manage those first few months of um uh, in that newborn bubble and how are they going to be able to um, best nourish themselves and make sure that they've got really good options available to them. Um, even if it's just, you know, it's not going to be 100% of the time, but as long as they've got some strategies um, up their sleeve that they can manage their their diet and their nutrition in the best possible way for themselves. And that way they're, they're going to, um, they find that they're more uh, able to to deal with those late nights or the the sleep deprivation becomes a lot more easier to manage mm. if they're nourishing themselves properly. Have you ever had any mums to be actually come see you to prepare? Yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, that's so, so good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm dealing with um, with a mum to be at the moment on how she's going to um, to manage uh, when when baby arrives. Actually, I think baby has already arrived. So yeah. we're, yeah, we're just kind of working on um, options for herself on um, being able to make sure that she's got, um, you know, ideal snacks for herself. She's got um, meal 
kind of meal program. She's decided to go with a delivery meal service as well. Um, and yeah, and trying to figure out what, what meal of the day. I always encourage that just pick a meal that you're going to absolutely nourish yourself with, um, whether that's breakfast, lunch or dinner, and make sure that that's the meal that you put all the effort into making Mm -hmm. sure that it's got your healthy fats, your protein, your smart carbs, all of that kind of stuff in it. And, and then kind of the rest will follow. Awesome. And what do you eat for breakfast? I'm quite curious. <laughs> oh, so I, at the moment I go in waves. So okay. I can go months on just eating um, scrambled eggs with avocado and, um, and mushrooms. I love, like that's my go-to. Yeah. Um, if I've got that, yeah, like if I've got that time available to me and then I'll go in waves where all I eat at the moment, all I'm eating is a smoothie bowl. <laughs> So yeah, it's just, um, banana. It's like a chalk peanut butter smoothie bowl. It just feels like I'm eating dessert for breakfast, but I'm, I'm finding that my breakfast time as well is kind of changing. So mm-hmm. I'm probably not really hungry until around that nine thirty, ten 10 o'clock mark. So that's usually when I have breakfast and I might just snack on, um, a bit of yogurt or fruit early in the morning, but yeah. smoothie bowls are my go-to. I just haven't got on the smoothie bowl train at all. And I think it's maybe because I don't like sweets for breakfast unless mm. it's an absolute treat. Like sometimes even when we have pancakes, like on the rare occasion, I'm like, mm, wish I had something savory. Yeah. See, I'm not a pancake person unless it's got <laughs> bacon on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I am so on board with you. I have every morning scrambled eggs, feta and mushrooms. I would love oh, to have yum. avocado, but Gosh, like I just find every time I cut open one, like oh, ah, <laughs> uh, yes, they're just so at the moment they're so affordable and they're yeah. really, really um good quality at the moment. So uh, maybe I need to try one again. I just found I was going through a period of like being really disappointed and going disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, there's that's... nothing worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think breakfast is my meal. Like I at night time, you know, when I go to bed, I'm already thinking about breakfast. So breakfast. What you're going to have. Yeah, yeah. Like that sets, <laughs> sets me straight. And then when I don't have my breakfast for whatever reason, and then I'm like, yeah, I've, I've just started off on the wrong foot. So I've found that yes. I have to start. You yeah. Know, to make an effort. You know, this is about me. The kids, you know, like obviously I tend to them first, but um, I need to, you know, squeeze that in before anything else really starts. Yeah. And that's exactly what I advocate for women there is just making sure that you understand what it is that you need and just meet that need above all else, because you're going to be much better suited for the day if you um, make sure that you have nourished yourself properly. And if for you, that's breakfast and eggs are the best thing that you can feed yourself in the morning. Definitely. Ah, they're so good. They're so good. And then I'm finding my toddler because I'm eating them. He really wants to eat them too. Um, Like, okay, well, I have to make a little bit extra because you're stealing my eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to introduce him to that as well. So Absolutely. And then it means you're only having to make one meal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So much better. Um, But I would love for you now to explain, you've created a resource for the Motherhood Melbourne community and I'm really excited about you to share what that is and they can grab it from the, um, from my site on the episode, uh, sorry, from the podcast page where your episode will sit. So could you just share a bit what it is and how it'll help them? 
Yeah, definitely. So this is a really simple food diary. It's just a one-page downloadable. Um, And the idea for that is um, a lot of mums that I do work with, um, I will will encourage them to do a a food diary for a period of time just so that they can get, you can get an idea of what it is you're consuming in a day because sometimes we don't necessarily like to admit to what we consume in a day, but once we see it written (laughs) out, we're like, ah, okay. And, and the idea is not to get, um, you know, to get any kind of negative feelings associated with what you're eating, but just to actually um, notice what is it that I'm eating in a day and what am I actually feeling about those foods as well. So how is it making me feel? Um, and then it just gives you an idea of um, the types of foods that maybe you're not getting in your diet that you need mm-hmm. or where where your patterns of, um, of, of eating sit. So when I talk about those patterns, you know, um, as an example, I suppose a mum that I'm working with, she's trying to curb her late night snacking um, because that's meaning mm-hmm. that she doesn't feel hungry in the morning Um, and she's not eating a um, sustainable breakfast and then she gets, you know, the 3 p.m. slumps and then this cycle continues. So by keeping a a quick, short, simple food diary, you get an idea of what you're consuming in a day and maybe where you might need to shift your eating habits. Oh, that sounds great. I can't wait to sit down and do it for myself actually. Yeah, it's a really good simple exercise and um, something that you can just quickly print off and, and do each day. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for creating that and sharing that. No worries. Thank you. Oh, well, Beck, it's been awesome to speak with you today. I've really enjoyed all the information that you shared and I just want to thank you and also wish you well on your mission as you continue to help mums. Oh, thank you so much, Holly. I've loved this opportunity to be able to chat with you and, yeah, to share all of the um, amazing information that I have for health and wellness and encouraging mums to prioritise themselves. Thank you so much and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Whoa, there's a lot to take away from today's chat with Beck, including that awesome resource that Beck is kindly sharing with you. If you jump on over to my site, motherhoodmelbourne.com.au, and head to the podcast section, you can grab it from the episode page. You'll also find links to Beck's site and her social media so you can connect with her further. I'll be chatting more about this episode on Insta and Facey. Of course, I'd love for you to join me. Don't leave me hanging, ladies. Just hit me up at Motherhood Melbourne on socials and let me know what you loved or if you had an aha moment while listening. Okay, that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging out with me. 